I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, we're continuing on in a beautiful winter weekend or weekday here in Utah. This is John Huber. I'm the former United States attorney in Utah, current uh, practicing attorney in Utah. I'm filling in for Boyd today, and it's my pleasure to do so. So in law enforcement, world-class law enforcement, what comes to mind? Who comes to mind? The Federal Bureau of Investigation does. There's what we call the big dogs. And here in Utah, we have a, a significant office and, and investment of resources by the FBI. Who's in charge of that is a man named Dennis Rice. He's the special agent in charge of the FBI Salt Lake City Field Division, which covers Utah, Idaho, and Montana. He has decades of experience, including specialized experience in counterintelligence and cybercrime investigations. Dennis, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I really appreciate the invite, and thanks for the uh, the intro there. It was kind of nice. <laughs> you bet. You bet. You know, Law Enforcement Appreciation Day was yesterday. Thank you and all the agents who you work with you and your task force officers and all your partners. Thank you for all that you do. Today we're focusing on uh, aspects of Utah business. We are known for a strong business environment. Uh, we know how to get through tough times and succeed and prosper. But that doesn't mean we don't have challenges. And in Utah, uh, we have some world-class corporations and companies. We have the Research Park at the University of Utah. We have Hill Air Force Base and all the companies that support our defense efforts there. Are there threats, Dennis, to Utah companies, corporations, to the the secrets they've developed, the trade secrets, the intellectual property that they've invested millions of dollars in developing and, and sweat and tears? Are there threats to Utah businesses for people stealing their trade secrets or intellectual property? Yeah, no, no question about it, John. And the FBI estimates that that's in the hundreds of billions of dollars that are lost to foreign competition every year because they, if you if you have a trade secret, if you have a widget, if you would, someone's wanting that. Someone wants to produce jobs in their country. And the United States does spend a lot of valuable time and money investing in research and development. Other countries are very targeted in coming to steal that from us, which is taking away a future jobs for younger generations and beyond. Uh, it's been an ongoing threat for years, continues to seem like get worse. Um, the cyber aspect of it allows them to get entry into a network and into those information, whereas in the past you might have had to do it one person to another, passing information, some back channel. Nowadays they can get they can infiltrate your uh, your network and take it from there. But the insider threat is also a real significant risk that I think a lot of companies are starting to focus more on. So you talk about insider threat, you talk about these other groups. How would you break it down? How would you help us understand, are these individuals stealing? Are they gangs? Are they state actors? How does it play out? So we usually refer to nation-state actors, and, and China clearly is always the, the front-runner that we mentioned as far as a country. But you have Russia, you have Iran. There's, there's usually those three com- three countries that we usually refer to. So they specifically, and China is front and center, definitely wants to come after that proprietary information and those trade secrets. They've been doing it for years. We continue to try to educate the public about that. Um, you may have some criminal elements that are involved in this as well, 
but from a very high level and from a significant level to a lot of these companies here in, in the Utah and Salt Lake City area, uh, it's going to be the nation state actors who pose the biggest threat. And I mentioned from a cyber standpoint, but also for them trying to recruit personnel, universities as well as businesses, to be that insider threat, to give them information, because that's a trusted entity within the organization. So, it, I mean, you're talking about some big issues here that when I would think about that sitting from in Magna, Utah, I mean, those seem like far away concepts and issues. But are those dynamics in Utah? Are things like this happening in Utah? Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. It's happening all over. We spend a lot of time with community outreach, wanting to educate our business partners, our university partners, so that they can better take a more myoptic approach to, to their kind of landscape, if you would, and start looking for these types of anomalies that can sort of point to that. Um, education is one of the biggest pieces to this. It's having those types of meetings and discussing where are we at, how are we protecting our trade secrets, what type of education programs do they have when they're onboarding their new personnel, as well as their existing workforce, because it's a team effort. It can't just be the C-suite. It just can't be leadership roles. Everyone within that organization has to be, it's a, it's a team player atmosphere in protecting that proprietary information. Well, let's bring down the scale just a little bit. And in private practice, I've been in less than a year, but I had a client I was helping out, and this was a company that was paying another company money that was owed. But the receiving company's email system had been compromised and kind of taken over by, by crooks. And unbeknownst to everyone, the receiving company and the, the sending company, uh, the money went to a black hole, then, and it's gone. No one knows what happened. No one knows where it went. How would you advise companies on this, on like a smaller scale? So these are just crooks. They're not necessarily state actors who are stealing, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in a in a wire transfer that wasn't supposed to happen the way that the crooks set it up. What advice would you give businesses in a in a scenario like that? So what you're describing is kind of a business, sometimes email compromise, where you're right. Hackers have been able to infiltrate. Maybe it's a law firm's uh, network and be able to then pose as though that's an email coming from a legitimate party and being able to have funds transferred to illegitimate funds, either probably overseas in most cases. Uh, I think cybersecurity is necessarily, like you said, it's, it's looked at at a very high level, but your smaller companies, smaller, not to refer to mom and pop, but just smaller entities are necessarily invested in making sure that they have strong cybersecurity. Um, while the FBI won't make referrals to to consultants, it's really important that you have someone take a really close look at what type of cybersecurity do you have in place, what types of checks and balances do you have to protect, because it may be a very small office, maybe they only have one small server that they're operating off of, but it's really important that you know what kind of protection you have, because it's not too hard through phishing emails to get into your network and compromise it, and then as you just described, uh, where financial funds are being sent to the wrong location. We've been listening to Dennis Rice, who's a special agent in charge of the FBI. And Dennis, thank you so much for coming on the program. Keep up the great work and stay safe out there with your special agents and your partners. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. So here on Inside Editions, your guest host is John Huber. That's me. And uh, we've been listening to a number of people talking about business dynamics and threats to business. Business fraud is not a new practice uh, by any means. Uh, in Utah, it's uh, it's kind of an age-old thing. We've got a problem with fraud in Utah. It still holds a threat to our business world in Utah and to us as individuals. So 
How do we do that? How does that affect us here in Utah? That's next on Inside Sources. We'll be talking with United States Attorney Andrea Martinez in our next segment. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 